Welcome to Pop Culture Yearbook. On this show, we pick pieces of pop culture that were important to us in a given year. We then discuss our memories and dig into those movies, albums, shows, and more. I'm Brad. I'm Pete. And I'm Giff. Welcome back, <laughs> Yes, fellas. you are. <laughs> and how. Yes. <laughs> so, a uh, quick note here before we get into our big topic for the evening. Uh, just wanted it's a big to... one. Yeah, it's uh-huh. a great one. Just wanted to remind everybody to go to our link tree, and on there you can go to our Buy Me a Beer tab, which takes you to the Buy Me a Coffee website, where you can find us there. Um, If you just go to the Buy Me a Coffee website, you can just click in PC Yearbook, all one word, and find it as well, um, to help support the podcast. Um, If you become a supporter or a member, you have the opportunity to suggest a topic for us to talk about in a, in a upcoming episode or even be on an episode yourself. Uh, and we also had last week, we got a new supporter. I'd like to thank uh, Johnny. An athletic supporter. Uh, yes. An athlete. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. The athletic supporter, Johnny class of 1988 from RTR. Um, yes. Really appreciate the contribution there. Um, well, it was very like to... exciting. We were recording our episode last week, yeah. and it came in, and I was like, oh, my God, that's the greatest. So, yeah. Thank <laughs> you, know. Johnny. He, uh, you go on the Buy Me a Beer website. He bought us a few beers. And if you go to Target Field to a Twins game, you can buy a beer from him and just tell him. You sure can. Pop Culture Yearbook. You won't get any discount, but no, he'll, he'll, he'll give you a be, wink uh, and a nod, I'm sure. If there are any Twins games this year to be played. Well, right. that's true. That's a whole other issue. Yeah. Wah, he, wah. Also work, he also works Vikings games, too. So, ah, but speaking of Johnny, yeah. Johnny was, so we know him. Uh, he's older than us, but we know him because we were his fans back in the day. We were. And us. he was part of the greatest athletic team to grace Southwestern Minnesota of all time. That's correct. The RTR Knights nice basketball team. And just by chance recently, Several games have been posted on YouTube, and I have spent, I have gone down a rabbit hole, <laughs> and I have watched many games and clips from the from the two years especially, which would have been for him, his junior and senior years. Also saw my sister, Danica, who was on our show uh, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. cheering on the team as a cheerleader back then. Yep. Um, but it was amazing. It was so fun to watch, and uh, my personal favorite, and if you check this out too, was the... Uh, 1988 District 9 Championship against Ballotin, which is one of the most incredible basketball games I've ever seen. And after watching it again, uh, it holds up. It was that good. It It was awesome. Mm -hmm. I I greatly enjoyed it. Uh, I greatly enjoyed seeing Johnny out there, and I I did uh, DM him on the Twitters (laughs) and mention that despite the awful video quality, uh, his hair shown did show through on the video. I mean, he had some sweet flow back in '88, um, and I did comment to him about that on Twitter, and he immediately sent back a couple pictures of him in action with the uh, Knights '34 jersey on, um, just showing his athletic prowess and his uh, his follicle dominance as it was. <laughs> so. All right. Yes. So again, we thank him. And um, that was a big highlight last week when that came through. 
I even found just just one other thing that I found was the uh, Hendricks game the the year that year when uh, Wendell Beisman shattered the backboard. That's on there. You can oh, find it that. is. Okay, it's yes. pretty cool. Yes. Have to go yes. back and check that out. He shatters the backboard, and the video just cuts out, and then it comes <laughs> back on. However long it took, and they had. Re- I wonder how they even did it back then in those little gyms. They had replaced it with one of those plain one white of the side baskets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh they, yeah! Somehow they, have... they were able to move it pretty quickly, I guess, and they resumed the game there. And so <laughs> I remember reading it. Took, a little bit it was of like a thirty-minute delay. Uh, I remember when it happened, and I read in the paper. It was like a thirty-minute delay in the game, and they were able to replace it. That's right, um, thirty minutes. Yeah, that's just hard-working small-town folk there. That's what well, it is. And they, we might have been from small towns, but the guys were not small. I mean, you're talking not on seven that foot Wendell Beisman. Johnny had to be so special. six five. Oh no, I think he was six seven or eight. Really? I well, yeah. I mean, you just—I mean, it was all at least six, six huge guys on that team. I mean, everybody was over six foot. It was just for a yeah. small, tiny town. It was a very rare thing, and it was a very special time. It was. It was indeed. Well, speaking speaking of special times, um, uh-huh. our topic this evening takes us back to nineteen eighty eight. Um, right, and that hair of his might have fit right in on this group. It would talk about. That's it correct. That's correct. Pete, what are we getting into this evening? Well, I mean, uh, almost as popular as Johnny uh, with the, with the ladies um, is is a uh, it's a boy band that everybody loved back back in those days. And you'll recall what we're doing this month is that this is Ladies' Choice Month on Pop Culture Yearbook. So I want to kick it off with that. So what that means is if you hadn't listened to our previous episodes, first of all, you should go do that. But just to get you caught up, we've uh, actually asked all of our wives uh, to pick out a topic for for the episode. Uh, my wife uh, has the has the turn. This is episode four of this month. And so this is her episode. We said anything you want doesn't have to be limited to a certain year anything like that. Uh, the what she picked out was the new kids on a block album hanging tough. And beauty. so, yes, yes, it was a beauty. And Which could uh, have been picked I, by any of our wives, and I yeah, it could have just as easily been. It wasn't picked. my wife's pick. You mm-hmm. know, I honestly thought that she was going to go with the movie Dirty Dancing, uh, and it's good that she didn't because first of all, it's been a while since we've di- done a musical episode, yep. uh, uh, or you know, on a on an album, uh, and so it was good that way. And I just think that it had to be because. Uh, this album in particular was so popular, as you said, with all of our wives and especially my wife. Now, she said she told me last night, she said, don't be critical of New Kids on the Block because I love these guys. Um, so I'm going to have to be very careful about how I word certain things. <laughs> you don't be critical. Leave episode. that for Brad Dye. <laughs> yeah, well, well and I'll I, just say... I immediately had to scratch off all the notes that I had. <laughs> Start for start over. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I, I I mean, I don't love everything on the album, obviously. I think we, that's not a surprise. But even comments I made, my wife generally agreed with and would laugh along with. And, and she gets it. While she loves them, she can also look at them with a uh, straightforward eye, I believe, as well. And, you know, what they really eye. were. I, um, uh, there, there was a couple of comments that I made, uh, which, which I'll get into. Uh, but... Uh, 
yeah, I guess I'll just leave that as a teaser because I don't want to I don't want to spoil the surprise, I guess, until we get to the songs that I'm referring to. Uh, But, yeah, we had a little banter back and forth and she was like, you know, you're not that great either. So (laughs) (laughs) sticking with you so she can stick with new kids, too. That's that's fair. Fair assessment. But uh, anyway, I'd like to see you do better. (laughs) Right. Um, you, you could so, argue that Jenny is literally hanging tough with you, is what she's doing. Uh, yeah, she always yeah. is. But uh, but I love her for it. So she's rough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why did she pick any... this album, Pete? What do you yes. got? Just because it was the most popular album with all of those teenage girls back in the day. If you had to pick a particular album. To be on a ladies' choice, uh, you know, a ladies' choice pop culture show, this had to be it. Uh, I remember back in the day, uh, this is what all the girls just loved, and I didn't get it at the time. Uh, but I, I will say that, that some of the music, some people may have found catchier than they may have let on, uh, you know, because it was fun to listen to. Some people thought, not me, of course, because what am I, some kind of wimp? Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I don't. I, I listen to tough guy music. That's what I listen to. Right. Well, let's just back it up here a minute. And say, true. well, Pete's kind of talking about new kids and tough guy music. He uh, has gone to the hill to die on for Millie Vanilli. For Millie so, Vanilli. Yes. Well, yeah. let's that, just factor that, that in. I don't here. know that I. The music is good. I will. will we'll get into that. And you, you said like it too, three so weeks ago, up. I will die on the hill. <laughs> yes, you did. I, did I say I'll die on the hill? Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes, that's that when was, right. was here. Okay, yep. I'll die on that hill. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about, is nope. it? Nope. <laughs> so, uh, first, anybody else have anything to add about the new kids on the block? I've got a little uh, a, a little anecdote before we get into the album, but I want to give you guys an opportunity uh, to speak about it first. Go ahead, Brett. Well, uh, like I said, I thought my wife would pick this, and she had brought it up before. And so I'll just go, run through quick here the things that she told me right away. So so we're in the car, and this is a great time to listen to this. And, and the second the album comes on, she said it just reminded her of she could picture her eighth-grade bedroom. And she starts talking about all these things she had. So she had Joey and Danny dolls. She had She taped cartoons off the TV. She had shoelaces. Wait, there was a cartoon? There was a New Kids cartoon. Okay. I think we still have those in a box, actually. Um, She had shoelaces. She had a pillowcase. She, of course, had posters. Uh, She had a T-shirt. She had, this is one I wasn't aware of. She had New Kids on the Block gum. There was a gum. (laughs) This is starting to sound like Spaceballs. Right. <laughs> Spaceballs, the gum, Spaceballs, merchandising. They had, uh, she had no MTV, but she had all the VHS tapes of all their videos. So she was well acquainted with all their videos. She had a puzzle of the new kids, and she distinctly remembers her and one of her friends staying up all night and putting this puzzle together and finishing it and finding out it was missing one piece. And so oh. that was a very sad occurrence. She had a purple boombox and all the cassettes, and she would go out into the treehouse that she had, and she would listen to them in her treehouse. And um, she saw them at least two or three times in junior high, and she also remembers going to Cole's department store at 6 a.m. with her parents 
to stand in line and get tickets. And then I mentioned it earlier on a previous episode. She also saw them when they came back like five years ago or so in the adult phase of the new kids. And so she just could go on and on and on and talk about all these things she owned and remembered them. And she had it when I met her. I, and like I said, I think we still have it. She had a box full of all the new kids memorabilia. Um, and so it was a huge deal to her. And it lasted a few years. And my favorite part of the story is that she started to move on in ninth and 10th grade because that's when she started to like R.E.M. and Metallica. Oh, there you and go. so I thought, OK, that that's pretty good there. That's There's good the shift. shift. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So anyway, she goes way back and she could have talked forever about them, but that's just a, a sampling there of the things that she could tell me right off the bat. Sounds kind of How about Courtney? if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> well, Courtney, this was her favorite group or one of her favorite groups in middle school. So sixth, seventh and eighth grade. She said her biggest year for her was her seventh grade year. Um, she remembers going to two different concerts with friends. Um, she went to, she couldn't remember which indoor venue it was. Um, but she went to, I'm assuming in the cities, uh, went to a concert and then she also went to a concert at Harriet Island. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. So those would have been in middle school. Um, so those were her, uh, few, uh, memories of the new kids, but she was definitely a massive fan as well. And of course we'll get into it later. What? What the girls rank their 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 top to bottom for the five? Yes, colors. we have rankings of then and now to get to. Yes. It's going to be good. All kinds of rankings at the end of the show about guys. <laughs> We're ranking all kinds of guys. That's even what this show is all about. Who doesn't like rankings? She even played along for this one, so good. you can tell how much she cares. It's a big yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Hey, uh, Gift, I, do you have some uh, interesting facts about the new kids that you want to share? Well, yeah, I wrote down a few things. So the band, the the group, I don't like calling them boy bands because they don't play True. instruments. I call them groups. But yes, that came up. That was one of the funny comments that we had when we talked about this is how I, well, we'll get to it later when I asked her who played a certain thing and she just kind of smiled and laughed like <laughs> they don't play. Anything. Right. But the boy band, the double B, you know, it, it, it sounds better. But um, this group was started in Dorchester, Mass., which is a the largest um, neighborhood in Boston. Um, four of the five gentlemen are from Dorchester. So back in the day, in the early 80s, Maurice Starr discovered New Edition. And he set out to basically put together a white version of New Edition. As in so Bobby the, Brown is who you're talking Bobby about. Bobby Brown, yes, another Bobby, big guy that we loved yeah. during middle school. We loved in middle school. Yes, yes, we <laughs> Holy crap. I, that, I, you forget about Bobby Brown, but the three of yeah. us, that guy was That huge. was good music. There you go. We'll, it was my prerogative to listen to it. Yep. That's we right. played. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't like him, don't be cruel. Right, exactly. <laughs> well said. So the first member of the group was Donnie. And he was initially joined by his of brother. The Wahlbergs. Yes, Donnie Wahlberg. He was initially joined by Marky Mark himself. Oh, really? But, yep, but he departed the group. So then uh, Jordan and Danny joined, followed by uh, Jordan's. I didn't know that Jonathan and Jordan were brothers until I started looking at this stuff. I had well, no I idea. I learned it now. Yeah, I, I didn't know. Courtney was a little upset with me that I, I didn't think, realize that. I think I thought that there were two brothers in it, but I had no idea who they were. So yeah. Right. So uh, Jordan and, and uh, Jonathan Knight are brothers. Um, 
Jonathan joined after Jordan and Danny. So those are the four guys that are from Dorchester, Mass. Um, and then they needed a Michael Jackson-esque singer to come in. So that's okay. where they found Joey McIntyre. Um, they were signed to Columbia. Interesting description of his voice. Yeah. Well, they wanted, you know, the higher, you know, younger, higher pitched, you know, younger voice. Uh, yeah, I, I understand where it's coming from. And, and he was quite I got my comments through, about Joey. He hadn't coming. gone through puberty yet, right? Right. Okay. Right. And he was quite a bit younger and kind of had a tough time fitting in in the beginning, I guess. But um, they were signed to Columbia and originally marketed to black audiences, which I found to be a little really? interesting. Excellent choice. Yep. So their first self-titled debut album came out in 86, 87, and it didn't get much traction. They would uh, book these guys in like schools and uh, uh, smaller bars and stuff like that around the area, and but they weren't getting really any traction until 88, 89, the release of Hangin' Tough and the first signal single, Please Don't Go Girl. So that was the that first kinda, single, huh? That was that the first kinda, single, huh? That All brings right. us into our album for the evening, and I have some more fun facts as we move on through the album. I, I do want to share a little uh, anecdote before we get into the album itself. Oh, okay. yes, yes. What it's did a, we it's, think of New Kids on the Block, Pete? Well, uh, it's it, it, this is a great memory that we all share together. What were we in, eighth grade? Yep. Um, yep. So, so it was eighth grade. We had an English uh, class, an English teacher by the name of Mr. Karen. A project that he had assigned to us was that we could each uh, pick out any song that we wanted, and then you had to analyze the lyrics of the song. As a part of it, uh, we would actually play. You'd you'd get called on. You would actually play your song and then give your analysis of the lyrics. It would be like a little uh, public speech thing. Yep. And um, uh, he was a little bit concerned about, you know, some people might bring in offensive music. Somebody brought in two live crew. I remember that, uh, which was a, a big offensive rap album at the time. Yep. Um, um, had a lot of offensive lyrics, but he allowed it. But he also gave you the option as a student, and in, in retrospect, this is a really bad idea because you're singling out these kids anyway. Right. Um, but uh, but if you were going to be offended by the lyrics of the song, you had the option uh, to get up and walk out and go stand in a hall or go to the library for a few minutes, right, until it was done and then come back. Mm -hmm. So um, I actually do remember there was one kid, uh, I'm not going to name any names, but one student did walk out during the Two Live Crew song um but then you're somebody sure about up. two live crew that seems pretty shocking that that it was too, yeah explain. it was well that's what i just said though it could be it, it was two live crew or something like that um okay. maybe it was a uh, wild thing or something like that i don't know what it was quite um, a quite a distance between it is wild distance. thing and two but that's well, more plausible no. i think to be no, allowed no, in the tone loc tone loc you, right. you know but um I don't know. It was something like that. It was something offensive. Uh, but one student actually did, and that was fine. Nobody had an issue with that. Somebody, uh, one of the girls in the class decides to bring, hang. I think it was Hanging Tough, right? Was that the song? Um, it was New I Kids on the remember. Block, whatever it was. Uh, but anyway, every single guy in the class gets up and walks out and goes to the <laughs> library because we just were so offended by the New Kids on the Block and we refused to listen to them. 
Eighth graders. Hey, um, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? My wife hates that story. He allowed it. I, I love that story. That is one of my favorite stories from. It from, was. And we were all. She really that. is on the uh, teacher in that case. Uh, right. Yeah. He opened the door for that expression and we took full advantage of it. Just being, that's right. Just being the jerks that we are. What can he do? What can mm-hmm. he do? So, so, yeah, that didn't go over very well with uh, some of the girls. No, yeah, whatever. No, especially the one that brought and it. Though. Rightfully so. It's pretty stupid. But. You know, we, we really <laughs> ruined our shot with the girls in eighth grade by doing that. You know, yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what did it. That's what did it. Um, so let's dive right into the album. Um, so uh, taking it with the first song, what do you all think of the the right stuff? You got it, the right stuff, the first song. So according to Kim, this is Jordan singing. Uh, yep. I guess we'll match uh-huh. up if our wives agreed on who was who in each song, because she wasn't always yep. 100% sure. I'll just say, this is my favorite song on the album. I think it's kind of catchy. It's one of those guilty pleasures that I, I do not mind at all. I, back then, I would have hated it and wouldn't have admitted it, but I think it's pretty good. This I is the one that catches pretty, your pretty good. I, I would agree with you. I'll say that I really enjoyed the first six songs songs on the album. Uh, okay, and, well, and that's for me. It kind of I'm went downhill that after that. But um, just to to open that up, yeah, I loved I, I loved the song, and um, I watched the video too as I listened to these songs where where they're available. And this is yep. one. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, you just gotta that. love the you gotta love the dance moves on this one. Yeah. Um, I, and I'm certain that Gifford, you must have during some middle school dance. I'm sure you replicated these dance moves. Um, I, as best I could, as best I'm I could, sure I had did. to, I had to bring the girls back to me after the walkout on the speech. So, <laughs> yeah, that was the best way I knew how. How did that work out for you? Not well, not well. <laughs> oh, no. I will also say um, that you you had mentioned previously, Pete, that you thought, or she had gone back and forth between Hanging Tough and Step by Step. Yes, yes. And I'm very did. glad she picked this album because we listened to a little Step by Step, and I looked through the tracks. I, I I don't know any song on that album besides Step besides by Step. Step, by Step. Yep. Right. So it wouldn't have been nearly as fun. This one, at least, I recognize many of the songs. Whether I like them or not, at least I have that connection to it much, much more. So. Right. Correct. Same here. And this was my by far my favorite song. I will agree with you. This is mm-hmm. this is the one that I will I would listen to if you know Gun to Head got a got a list to a new kid song. <laughs> if this I had a gun one. in my head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd even uh, need a gun to my head. I would just say, I'll get through it. It's three minutes. <laughs> Which one did you take if somebody had a gun to your head? The bullet. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, no, no. I can't say that. I'm not allowed to criticize the new kids on the block here. But uh, anyway, um, do you want to move on? It's a strong on to start. Next? Yeah, definitely a strong start. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Now we go on to Please Don't Go Girl, which I was enthralled by the video on this one. Where I wish I would have watched it. <laughs> you still can go on yep. and uh, watch it. It's all, you know, back and forth cut scenes from what appeared to be a carnival. It might have been Coney Island because they're, you know, big New York York guys. Yeah, they're Boston and, guys. It wouldn't have been Coney. Oh, I thought, well, there's a lot of them uh, that I thought were New York, like video cuts. That maybe maybe it was Boston. Maybe it was well, Boston, East Coast I I, anyway. Yeah. Move on. 
anyway, you know, it's it's all on the tilt of world. And I'm thinking and then there's this girl that they keep cutting back to, especially towards the end of the video. They keep going back to her and her hairstyle. I had written down her hairstyle was like a mix between Annie Lennox and Superman. Yes. <laughs> it had it had like the red hair, you know, the Annie Lennox hair, but then it had like this big curl, like the big mm-hmm. Superman hair curl. Um, and they kept cutting back to her and she's in this tilt a whirl. And I'm thinking, no way that tilt a whirl is going at regular speed as they're filming this because she's just staring at the camera. You know, when I'm on a tilt a whirl, I'm like, ah, you know, but like I'm gonna puke. But uh no, she just had the deadpan stare into the camera. And that's who you're supposed to be falling in love with. And then there's different uh, uh, cutscenes that way. Um, Gifford, did so, you watch the video too? I did. I watched the I watched the videos that were available. I basically just clicked right down YouTube. So if there wasn't that's exactly a what I video, did. you know, it was just the album cover during yeah. the song. So I did watch the videos. Um, going back for a second here. So this was the first single off the album. And it wasn't really getting a lot of play. And Columbia was thinking about pulling their support of the group. But then there was one radio station in Florida that started playing this song. And it caught on from there. And then they started getting play throughout the country on it. So at this point, Tiffany was in the uh, was starting the first leg of her um, North American tour. And one of them dated her, right? I believe Kim said mm, that. I didn't look really? that up. I can't remember who. Okay. But I think I think one of them was was with her at least for a time. Okay. The red the red haired girl on a tilt a whirl maybe represented <gasps> Tiffany. Maybe represented. There you go. I also find this to be a very odd choice as a lead single, considering some of the other songs on here. So I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Not surprised but, it took a while. But now, so they opened Jonathan. Right, go on. Oh, sorry. So they opened for Tiffany on the first leg of her North American tour. And then the second signal single came out, which was uh, You Got the Right Stuff. And they did really well on MTV. They got a ton of exposure. And, that's a good song. Yep. So their third single came out, which is I'll Be Loving You Forever. And that reached number one. So on the second leg of Tiffany's tour, she was now opening for the new kids. They build them ah, as, as co-headliners, but co-headliners. She, but they mm. were the finishing act for the rest of that for the rest of that tour after three songs basically were released. So this song is Joey and it's his falsetto. Yep. You brought up how they wanted oh, the, Joey, the Michael yeah. Jackson sound. Yep. This was just, Joey's big single. I just don't understand. He sounds like he's 10 years old. He was born in 1972, so this guy is at least 15 years old by this time. Right. So when you say he's he's not that much younger than the other guys, and I don't know, this does I I can't hardly stand his uh, his voice singing. Well, he, he looks like he's ten years old in the yeah yeah he yeah, looks he like does. he's ten years old in the video. And then That's after weird. that, it's not just him, but then there's all those the whispering in the background that the other <laughs> right. guys do, and that that's. <laughs> I don't know. This this one's a little much for me. Yeah, <laughs> but this one was I can tough. see how a teenage girl would potentially fall in love with it, especially if she saw Joey and lo- and liked him. Right. right, and like you say, I mean, like our wives were all in middle school at this point, so you're talking like eleven, 
through, you know, 13 years old. So if you see this guy and he looks like he's 12, you know, you're probably right. going to go like, yeah, hey, yeah, that's that's my guy right there. Um, but yeah, this his voice just there wasn't a lot of uh, fluctuation. Like it was just kind of <laughs> monotone for this song. I felt it just yeah, I didn't I didn't think it was. Again, like you said, I just can't believe this was the first single that was picked off the album. Mm-hmm. So that was a little strange to me. Um, Anything else on that one? I don't think so. Um, the the third item, the third song, um, "I'll Be Loving You Forever." This was back to Jordan now, and court like Courtney pointed out, this was to highlight his falsetto voice. Yes, back to the falsetto, but with a different yep. guy. Yep. My note so, on this one was I'm not a fan of the falsetto. It's uh, not for me. Well, this yeah. song I like better than the other ones. Um, um, I, I, I actually thought this is this is a beautiful song. And it could oh, be boy. if sung by, a, you know, um, if it were sung, I don't know, who's somebody that would be like a really good singer that could knock this one out of the park? Um, Chris Isaac. Chris, I, there you go. Buble. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Um, Michael Jackson. I think, I think it's a good song. <laughs> And yeah, the video you know, and it's it was. just they keep going, they keep going back and forth. They're eating pizza. They keep coming back to them eating pizza in like I thought it was New York City, but it probably was Boston. But was this the one where they're playing pool? Yes, yes. Yeah, they go the back and hall. forth. They're they're playing billiards and enjoying pizza is the yes. video. <laughs> well, and this song did reach number one um on the hot one hundred. So this was an enormous hit for them. Um, and I would say, I would say I definitely liked it better than please don't go girl. Um, I I can say that. Yeah, it was, it was a much better, much better song. I just, I think Jordan, you know, he sang the right stuff. He, he has a decent voice. And so Mm -hmm. I just, I'm not a fan Mm -hmm. of why switch to the falsetto when you already have, you know, you sing fine. So let's just stick to your normal voice. That's what I would say. Yep. Exactly. I agree with you there. Um, so we'll move on to Cover Girl now. Yeah. And this yeah. is Donnie's chance to step out. Okay, yeah. She thought it was Donnie, so yep. we're on that. Yeah, yeah. Donnie, now, uh, by the way, was not Kim's favorite because he was too much of a bad boy. Oh, well, <laughs> that w- you'll find that out Courtney has a different his, view. Yeah. yeah, you'd think that that would be her favorite then. No, no, you'll, see, the you'll see what she liked. It's more unique, and she wasn't into the bad boys, hence why she married me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pete, I'm assuming you watched the video on this one as well. Uh, actually, no. I think that this one didn't. The video didn't come across. I I listened to it, but uh, okay. I don't think it had a video when I tried to pull it up. Maybe you so, were able to find it. I I had a few notes on the video. So, all the guys are up on a stage, and it's the same stage you see in a lot of the um the videos. Um, like the the one uh, my favorite girl. It's the same stage that they're on so that the fans are kind of around them and really close to the stage Mm -hmm. so donnie's out singing and it's just a lot of hip thrusting for the dance movements and he's right on the edge of the stage hip thrusting within inches to feet of these you know screaming young girls and then he reaches into the audience to pull a girl up on stage you know, kind of like Courtney Cox. And, well, I was just going to say, was it Courtney Cox? That would have yeah, been well, I was thinking, God, if this is Courtney Cox, this is going to be awesome. But this girl he pulls up must have been like, I don't know, eight. 
And then he's like down on his knee singing to her and then gives her a kiss, you know, on the cheek at the end before sending her back into the audience. But I'm like, these are the ages of girls that he's hip thrusting right in their faces. <laughs> like That was that's a little, a, that's a that little weird. A little okay. Yeah, that, that was, that was tough, but that's, uh, that was my, that was my take on that one. But yeah, this was Donnie's um, first solo or lead vocals, um, which is the first of three. Um, on the album, uh, in yeah, a row that's here. uh, Kim said Jordan was kind of the main singer, but then as we listened to this, she kept saying, Oh, yeah, that's Donnie again. And so yep. they were kind of like maybe co as far as who sang the most songs. Well, this and is... George, or Jonathan's the only one who doesn't have a lead vocal credit, everybody oh, really? else on this album has lead vocal credit on one song at least. Um, hmm. but yeah, Donnie, Donnie's the lead vocal on Cover Girl, which is the fourth. I need you, the uh, which is the fifth song, and then Hanging Tough. And yeah, he did okay, some of his own writing. Those three did, in a row. He did write some of the stuff when they formed the band. Like he had, um, had written some stuff more in the hip hop. Did he write the lyrics? We're rough. Um, rough no, rough. I think the writing, the writing uh, credits are given to uh, Maurice Starr on quite a few of these. Yeah, yeah that's what songs. I found too. Yep. I will. Uh, when Back. it comes to Cover Girl. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I kind of like that song. I thought it was really catchy. Mm-hmm. I like like his voice. He's singing like a normal guy. Yep. It's uh, had a good beat. I'm tapping along. I'm a fan it, of Cover Girl. Interesting because yep. uh, that you say you like his voice because I had something different written down. I like the song. I thought it was a catchy song. Um, I thought that there are spots, if you listen, where he sounds way off key. And this is where I said, uh, I, I'm like, Jenny, he sounds really off key. And then she was all like, well, Shut have up. you heard just yeah. <laughs> you're, you're not exactly you. Celine Dion like at the you karaoke better. machine either. <laughs> um, oh but, uh, uh, but like, especially I had specifically written down near, near the end of the song, he's singing the word everything and it's way off key. Like he totally misses it. <laughs> Um, but if I'm being critical, right, he would have been kicked off of American Idol on this song. <laughs> sure. um, but it's still the song itself was a good song. And, you know, it was his first song he was learning. And this is back before they had auto tune and all that stuff. But um, that, that I actually noticed that on a couple of these songs, actually. But uh, but this is one where it really stood out to me. That's what gives it its cachet, yeah. I guess. It's like, you know, it's the imperfection like we have on ours. We don't edit stuff out. The imperfections are what the fans love. So what else uh, I noticed about this song is that um, there's actually like guitar in this song. There's like metal. Um, Like when it when it starts off, there's like a a little guitar riff. And there's uh, came up again a few more times in the album. And this is where I wanted to know who's playing guitar. Is this like Eddie Van Halen or something? Um, But uh, but it does pop up. And and there are there is guitar going on. I don't know yep. who plays it, but I, I I was not expecting that on this album. Well, they do have a band that was put together to play the music behind them. So yep, they they've got sure, I'm sure they do drummers but... and guitarists and keyboardists and everything else back. I get sad. So. I just didn't I, I I just didn't expect like there was there was some guitar features throughout the album as you mm-hmm. go into it that um, again I just wasn't expecting. Hey, sure. Jeff. Yeah, Did they have somebody that was um, dedicated to the hi hat. Do you know? I didn't look that far back, but um, I'm sure it was somebody that was excellent at their craft. I could have done that. Yep, <laughs> you were the main hi hat guy in our middle school days. There's no doubt about that. 
Might say the only one. <laughs> <laughs> so we move on to number five, I Need You. Again, Donnie's the lead on this one. This song, I not one of my favorites on the on the album. I gotta okay. Say. I I actually said I thought it was pretty good. Okay. Not that I would listen to it, but compared to the two falsettos, this one I liked better. I thought it was a better ballad. It had a, you know, they're not okay. falsetto. It reminded mm-hmm. me more of like a 80s hair metal ballad. Not not like a hair metal song, but like it reminded me more of like a Poison or a Bon Jovi ballad than okay. like those other two songs, which don't remind me of that at all. Mm-hmm. So I thought it yeah. fit the time and I, I did not love it, but it did stand out to me as a little bit better. That was a, a, it's a similar take to what I had on this one. I thought it had a really beautiful opening as you go into it. Uh, the singing, again, could have been a little better. I had that note again on this song, but I don't well, know. You're going to get it from Donnie Wahlberg. I probably would. But, but in a good way. Speed. But in a good way, right? Um, so I, I, I don't want to uh, criticize the band too much, but uh, or band, I should say, boy band. Um, yeah, I thought it, it was decent. Again, it's in that top six. Once you get to hanging tough, and then it's a little bit of a downhill slide after that. But I already said that. Sure. So what's our sixth song then, Pete? Uh, this is the feature, the biggest song on the album by far, and the title track, Hanging Tough. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, I had fun listening to it. I'll admit it. It's actually a pretty awesome song. Uh, I, I had written down, they're like a poor man's Beastie Boys. <laughs> <laughs> So Courtney, uh, Courtney's they, they, note on this one is everybody knows the dance. Of course they do. You hear this yes. song and you, you put, put the hands on the belt buckle and the feet go side to side. And, you know, you hear this song and immediately that's, that's what you, that's what I see anyway. And that's what she was thinking of when she heard the song. Yeah. Yeah. It is for me, it is a guilty pleasure, at least for parts. I like the right stuff much more as like an actual yep. song that I like. This has like like the opening lines to each verse. I think are really catchy. Like I can totally, however I can't remember how it goes, but yeah, no, 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 everybody because get there you go. Everybody because we're gonna do a thing. Is this something like, like I like that? that? I like that. But then some of the lyrics are just <clears throat> embarrassingly awful. <laughs> yes, the I've, as I've said, the we're rough. Oh my god, it's just. Uh, and then there's yeah, other these ones guys like are not that. rough. So. I like the song and it's catchy at parts, but then there's parts that I laugh at and then it goes on and it has all these whistles. Like the noises right. just get to be a little much too. And the whistles I thought are overdone, but it also reminds me, Pete, what, what do a lot of, can, you know what I'm going to get at here? No, whistles in the late eighties. Um, no. Okay. I thought you'd get it. Do you remember the 87 twins wives? Oh, the Burp Lylevin thing? Yes. Yeah. The tw- I don't remember. All the wives, the started players during the pennant run and during the World Series, and they got on video, and they just blew those whistles and annoyed everybody so much around them. And that's what I thought of, because this is a year later, and so right. I guess whistles were really big in the late 80s. So my note on this is that this is the least threatening tough guy song <laughs> that, <laughs> that you can come up with. And their line in there of... Are you tough enough? My question is, are are, are they? <laughs> like, I, I it starts off with the whistles, which for some reason I'm imagining them running away from a pissed off crossing guard. So right off the bat, you know, <laughs> it's it, 
you're no tougher than than a Frosty the Snowman. Um, it just <laughs> it, it just oh man, I I had such a hard time with this song. I mean, it, it's it's ground into our childhood for sure. There's no doubt about it. But I I always go back to like these guys are from Dorchester, Massachusetts, part of Boston. And I always go back to the movie uh, Goodwill Hunting, and I imagine what would happen if they ran into Matt Damon and Ben Affleck's group. Like, like those ben guys Apples. are tough enough. Those guys are rough. These guys, I I always kind of wondered, like, if you were growing up, if you were, you know, middle school in Boston, were you proud to have these guys representing your area and their tough guy persona that they were trying to have? And it's I, I feel like there's a good song in there with the right lyrics and the right people, and they they kind of get it half right, but it, you know it just doesn't it just there's, doesn't work. Uh, some of those lyrics are off the cuff. There was like a, this, a funky so just, funky I, song I, in there. A funky you know, song, yeah. About funky. the lyrics, you know, when yeah. I'm listening to it, just forget about the lyrics, and if you just listen to the music and just have fun with it, well, it's fine. And like I said, a lot of it is catchy to me, but it, it goes to a point where even the music, the whistles, and then I and then there's that keyboard part at the end. And that's where I ask him, so who which one of these guys is on the keys? Because it's a pretty <laughs> simple keyboard part. Yep. And she just laughed and smiled. Well, no, they, they didn't play any instruments. I said they didn't even do this one, huh? No. So I don't remember which video it was, but at one point, Joey's playing a guitar. Oh, it's oh, that's like, coming up. There, there's a line where he says that. It, oh, it's okay. coming up in two songs. But he's sitting there on the video playing the guitar, like acting like, yeah, you know, I'm really getting at it here. And then he just puts the guitar down, and the guitar sound continues on because obviously the band is playing the song. Okay, well, just jumping ahead. Sure. In the song, what you gonna do about it? He is that has the one? this line where he says, "Makes me want to play my guitar." And then, oh, and, and, I, and I just we looked at each other and just laughed again because. He's not playing a guitar, no. and so don't put that line in there. Maybe that's where maybe that's where uh, Tim McGraw ripped that off from for Indian Outlaw when he stood there the whole video with his guitar and never Just played hanging. it once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, hanging tough. It's a it's a it's a song that has a pop culture cachet. That's for sure. There's a lot does. lot to say about it. Absolutely, yeah. gonna remember it. The next song, speaking, speaking of, remembering, of remembering, there you go. Nice. <laughs> Good segue. Uh, I remember when, which I had written down. Not to be confused to... with the Skid Row song that is awesome. <laughs> right. No, that's I Remember You. God dang it. I just screwed up. Oh, is God. it? Yeah, yeah, isn't it? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Well, anyway. either way, I, I blew it, but Skid Row is better. I, I didn't have many notes on this one. I just writ, wrote down this was my least favorite song on the album. I wrote down Joey Falsetto again, thumbs down. Yep. That's yep. all I got. Yeah. It was, I didn't want to hear this song at this point, especially coming off the raucous hanging tough. Well, and <laughs> yeah. but they, they bring it right back though on number eight, a little, yeah. little what, bit of a toe tapper. What you going to do about what it? What you going to do brings you back though. You okay. Know, it is that, a little bit of a toe tapper, but so what yep. I thought about this song, I just thought it's a really run of the mill song. It's Jordan again. I said, it sounds like a single, but it's like a single light. Like it's not good enough to be one of the hit mm-hmm. singles. They tried but it's to like those songs. It's like those songs, and they're try and it's just basically a filler because what else are you gonna put on there? So it was a song that wasn't good enough, but they gotta put it on the album, and then they're playing their guitars in this one. 
<laughs> so right. number nine, my favorite girl. Oh, wait a oh, minute. Did you have something to say about oh, eight there? Did no. you have someone? Uh, what you gonna do about it? What you gonna uh, say about it? No, I, I just had it. It does. It kind of starts out slow, but then you get into that little hook and it's not too bad. Um, yeah, but then towards the second half of the song, it just felt like that they were laboring through it is what I had written down as my note. Right. It's, um, it's like we tried to write another hit single, but I just couldn't quite pull it off. So this is the, the best we got. The guitar riff itself wasn't bad, um, but that right. was it. Yep. Yeah, I agree but with I that. Had. Okay, we ready to move on to my favorite girl? Speaking of laboring. <laughs> what uh, I, this song, we were like two minutes in, and I look at the clock, and there's over three minutes to go. And uh, I said, yeah. yes, it's a five this song and a half is over song. five minutes. Yep. It is so long. It is so repetitive. Yep. It's another one that sounds like they wanted to make a single out of it. I wrote single light, but like a poor man's single. Mm-hmm. It's a oh, little crap. And if they cut it down to three minutes, I guess you could get through it. It's not too bad. Right. But that's oh the thing. My Lord, why do we just keep saying my favorite girl over and over again? The one thing I had on this uh, in the video, Jordan is wearing a Batman jacket. Like, so Batman came out in 89. Yep. And he's that's... wearing a black jacket with the Batman symbol on the back of it. That's funny because um, what I had, re- I didn't even see that video. Uh, but what I had written down is that I felt like that they were trying to imitate Prince and they're nowhere near Prince in this no. song. <laughs> no. Uh, no. And, and Prince, Prince will write a song that goes on for a long time, but he knows what he's doing musically. Like he's doing things yeah. that yeah. whether you like it or not, he's doing something and he knows what he's doing. Well, yeah. and we learned in Hanging Tough, they're going to give you a funky dance, <laughs> but they don't have the full funk like uh, yeah, Prince yeah. has. Yeah, I but yeah, five minutes and twenty nine seconds is just ridiculously yeah, long too. for this song. Yep. Um, and, and it seemed it like they just kind of nailed it in. Yeah, they could have done more with it. I um, but uh, but they just didn't. And for that long, they should have uh, they should have been able to do more range or something. I don't know. Throw more at you in that long of a time. But no, you're right. It was just the same thing over and over again. So the last song, Hold On, is Danny Woods' oh, first okay. so um, front man or, you know, lead vocals by himself. That is me. really funny, and you'll see why in a minute, because Kim okay. thought it was John singing, but she wasn't 100% sure. Okay. But as you'll see soon, uh, she should have known better. Okay, go ahead. And... Gonna... No, no, it's, it, it's when we get to our Oh, lists. okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this, and that was pretty uh, much the only note I had on the song. I had, this is another blah song. Mm-hmm. I said, I could, oh, so basically it's funny what you said, Pete, about six songs. And then if, uh, as we're listening to this, I said, I had some fun with this through Hanging Tough. I mean, whether I liked the songs or not, mm-hmm. I, I was into listening to them. I, I enjoyed some of them. I remembered most all of them. But the last four songs just sound like we got to fill out an album, and it's a—I just read it's a really rough finish. And I said that, and Kim—they're rough. <laughs> and Kim agreed. She said, "Yeah, it's—I probably just listened to the first six songs a lot and, and didn't get too much further because it does not really end well." So yeah, 
I actually thought of the of the last half of the album, I thought this was the best. Uh, yeah, well, past hanging tough. Um, this is what I had written down as what I thought was the best one, and not a bad finish. Um, it had a good little bass riff to start the song, and um, I don't know. There's there's like a little bit more uh, in it musically. You had the guitar riff, and then you also had a little bit of brass, like trumpets, in it uh, that they kind of threw in there. It, um, and they kind of went back and forth a little bit between the brass and the guitar. Um, I thought it was all right compared to the other ones. Okay. Um, I got a couple more notes on the album as a whole. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So this album had five top 10 hits by the end of 89. It was so the number, by, number sorry, one album. Go ahead. Of those first six, which one wasn't the top 10 hit then? <clears throat> Uh, I need you. I don't believe was was uh, okay. released as a single. All right, that makes um, sense. And it also won uh, two AMAs uh, for best pop rock album and best pop rock group. And it went eight times platinum, which means it sold Oof. eight million copies. Mm-hmm. So overall, I mean, just an absolute smash hit. Yeah, for that's... you know their second album um one one of the other things i did read was that once this one really started to hit they went back to the first album and re-released a few more songs off of it and people you know came around on that as well so the the original oh, yeah, I, album came i looked at that one too then and i didn't recognize any song i was but, gonna say i was gonna but there was one that kim say. said yeah you should know that one and let, what, she only really remembered the one by looking at it but mm-hmm. I'm sure she'd know more if she went back and listened again. Sure. So I... Oh, but, oh do you have more about the album there? I Kind of, yeah. I, okay. I kind of did a little um, go ahead. fun little thing of, on my own that I found funny. I don't know if you guys will find it interesting <laughs> or not. Well, then I'll wait because mine is, is after that. So Okay. So while I was listening to these songs, uh, a couple things, um, a couple a theme, I guess, came into my head. And what I continued to hear over and over in each song was three words. And those words are girl, Mm -hmm. baby, and any form of the word love, loved, loving, or love. So I went through the lyrics on every song and counted up the occurrences of (laughs) those words. So again, this is why, you know, I mean, girls in middle school ate this stuff up because it was directly, you know, focused on them. This so, is the content that is so detailed and great. You can yes. only get with pop culture. Your yeah, absolutely. You, you don't get this on other podcasts. Uh, you don't get this on Joe Rogan. <laughs> no. So every song on the album has at least one of these words in it with the exception of one song. And which song would that be? Cause it's the tough guy song. Hangin' Tough. Mm. Hangin' Tough has no mention of a girl, a baby, or love in it. But if you add up every single occurrence on this album, there are 126 mentions of girl, which means on the 42-minute album, the word girl is uttered every 20 seconds on this album. Wow, that's, <laughs> that's, that's good math. So we've got 14 babies and 66 loves. So all three combined, you hear one of those words every 12 and a half seconds on this album. That is outstanding. Which which I found just 
amazing. <laughs> so that wow. was my little fun project that I put together to try to make this a little more entertaining for That's myself. about as many times as you hear the F word in uh, Goodfellas. Right. Well, and <laughs> I, I did want to mention uh, my favorite girl has 39 utterances of girl in it. That's because they just say my favorite girl it's 39 over. times and in a row for five over. minutes. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. But Please Don't Go Girl has the, the best distribution. It has 23 girls, four babies, and 12 loves in it. So that one hit all the bases the best. Nice work, Joey. Thank you. Let me clarify. So I was just going to ask if either of you heard any of, or if your wives brought up the new New Kids album from when they reunited about five years ago or so. So like I said, Kim went to that concert. No, you know? I don't she she had. I, I mean, think we we've talked seen about them on TV shortly. a couple of times, but uh, not right. really listened to it. Well, because Kim had the album, and and we listened a little bit of that on our way home that day from where we were going. And there's just there's one song on there that you should go listen to called "Grown Man," and it's talking about I'm gonna give you some grown man, and ah. it's like ah, this is the new kid, the new new kids, the grown up adult new kids, and a lot more innuendo coming in there. Uh huh. <laughs> it's pretty funny. So they they took the girls out and um, added maybe yeah. woman to them. Yeah. I'm gonna and give you one, some grown man, in, baby. Instead of them whispering in the background, it's the girl kind of talking back forth, like, "What you gonna give me? Gonna give you some grown man." <laughs> I'm gonna have to listen to this now. Yeah. <laughs> grown man. All right. Gonna add that to my Spotify list. Awesome. Let, let me summarize the album by clarifying that while it may may be that we've sounded critical of the album, it was <laughs> it, it was a very fun album to listen. He just to. trying to avoid the divorce, and avoid the divorce papers. He still wants I to be able to give some grown man later. <laughs> <laughs> I mean this genuinely. I had fun listening to it. Um, yeah. for it, six it was, songs, it was a good. Well, even still, you know you. Yep. Uh, the other ones were fun to talk about. Um, the reason but, why I had fun is because I listened to it with Kim and she right. sat and talked to me about it. Yep. So that's that, exactly. It was a nice little fun experience. Yeah, it was a nice. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And I love to hear how excited they get. And, you know, the same way I get over certain bands and yep. she yeah. probably doesn't care what I have to say about that. But, you know, whatever. Yep. She doesn't have to listen to the podcast then. <laughs> Paul should be listening to this one. Yes, you will. <laughs> Hi, Kim. Uh, <laughs> are we ready to go through the rankings? Yeah, what, why don't you describe what the rankings are? All right, so as we were listening to them, Kim is talking about the different guys and who's singing, and and she talked about the guys she likes the best. And so I said, well, rank them. What, how would you rank them one to five? And then she did that, and then I said, okay. And then she talked about singing when they were older, and I said, well... Did it change at all? And so we have two rankings coming here. How they ranked them back then when they were in seventh or eighth grade or whenever, and how they would look at them now as adults. Sure. And so right. um, I'll just throw Kim's out first here because it's related to what I was saying. So the song Hold On, where she thought John was singing mm-hmm. and you said Danny was singing, Danny's her number one. Okay. And so I'm shocked that she wouldn't have like known that by heart. So she she knows that Danny's like the least popular one, but Aww. she likes the underdog. 
And so she liked that he was different and she liked him because he was the underdog and she always rooted for him. And and mm-hmm. so that was her number one. I'll say this. We have a match. Oh, my um, goodness. So the underdog. Well, should we just do one at a time? Yes. then? Or? Yeah, let's do that. You go, so are we going bottom, bottom to, see bottom to have... top? Oh, we're well, starting, starting at the top. top. Danny oh, was number at the one. Okay. He's already started at the top. Of then? Of yeah, then. Back, back okay. then. So, Pete, Jenny's is also Danny. Jenny's is also Danny. Wow. Did she say the why? underdog? Uh, she really didn't give explanations as to why she just ranked them. Uh, but it's good to see the underdog. It's really clean in house so I far. Guess they're the silent majority here. <laughs> maybe maybe she thought she had a better shot at him if he was the underdog and you know wasn't getting as much attention. So well, Courtney's number one is Joey. That's, oh, Joey, huh? Oh, yeah. She's a Joey Mac fan. So that's her number one. All right. Uh, Kim's number two then was Jordan. Who she figures is the popular one for most people. Okay. Well, well, we've got number two for Jenny was Joey. Oh. All right. So. And Courtney went Jonathan. Okay. All right. Uh, Kim's number three was Joey. The little tyke. Right. Now, <laughs> now we go to Jordan for Jenny. Okay. And Courtney comes in with Donnie. All right. Uh, for number four, she had John. Okay. John. Are you supposed to call him Jonathan? Jonathan. She said, I don't know. Not when she's that close with him. She she's Uh, they're tight. So she (laughs) went with John. Johnny. Um, well, we go number four is Donnie for Jenny. Okay. And Courtney's number four is Jordan. Wow, pretty low. Yeah, I was surprised by that one. And Kim's last one, because I said earlier he was too much of the bad boy. So Donnie was she didn't she didn't care as much for him. All right. Okay. And then we've got uh, Jonathan. All right. It's and last one. your wife's number one was my wife's number five. And she had Danny down at the bottom. Well, And I think that's what wow. Kim expected most girls would do, too. That's she, right. she knew that she was more unique in that choice. But Courtney doesn't like the underdogs. No. No. Well, that's Front why she runner. married me. You know, <laughs> I'm right. an alpha. <laughs> All right, so then they they ranked them now. I think let's just list these straight through here. So she changed. She did say Jordan became her number one as he got older because he, you know, he's like the cool one. And he went on to have a um, more of a solo career, I think, probably than anybody. And actually, we saw him. I've seen him in concert. There was a KDWB, the pop station. had. They always have this star party, and it's usually just a whole bunch of crap. But one year, um, Hummel our friend had tickets to it. I don't know why, but he had three tickets. And so him and me and Kim went because Semisonic was playing in it. Oh, so nice. we're like, okay, we'll go to that. And uh, who else? There was another, I think the Goo Goo Dolls were playing in it. Like it was more than just your typical poppy stuff. It was stuff that was popular at the time, but was still played. Um, oh, Sixpence None the Richer was playing and we loved them too. Kiss me, baby. But Jordan Mac or Jordan uh, Knight was... Yep playing and so we actually saw him do a short performance there and so she she did say he became her favorite awesome and then and then john jonathan is her second one he moved up to poor danny dropped to number three joey's down at number four and donnie is still bringing up the rear okay wow even though she's a big fan of like marky mark and the Wahlbergs, but but not donnie that's interesting because jenny uh, currently has Donnie making the biggest jump on her list, going from four to number one. Wow. Wow. 
That's Donnie. Um, and then uh, we go to Danny, who dropped only one spot. Uh, Joey dropped one spot. Jordan also dropped one spot. And Jonathan stays at the bottom. Okay. Well, Courtney didn't change her list at all. Oh, really? She's got she's got wow. Joey one, Jonathan, then Donnie, then Jordan and Danny. Sounds lazy. She didn't yeah. put her heart into it. <laughs> or she, she just said, ah, just like. here, just take it. She, she knew what she liked from an early age and she hasn't I changed. Guess. To show how much Kim switched on Jordan, how high he went, she said that she went through a phase where she loved him and Edward from Twilight, Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. And uh the amount of love she had for Edward. To put Jordan in that same league, wow, shows that she really did like him uh, at some point as they mm-hmm. got older. Because oh, she uh, she's not over the Robert Pattinson Edward phase. That's he's still there. Well, and the Batman's coming out, so maybe oh, I know she'll get into that. <laughs> All right, so we've got one list left to talk about, and yeah, so yeah. we're going to be having the girls uh, give us their top five childhood crushes. So the, the the teen beat posters that would hang yes. on your wall. Yeah. yeah, mine's not really a top five list. She just threw out a bunch of names, and so it's not necessarily ranked. But I'm just going to warn you, it's not in the same format necessarily. Okay. But well, why don't name. you go last, since Jenny's okay. the the host here, so we can wrap it up with her her list. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right, Gifford, why don't you go first? Here? All right. So coming in at number five for Courtney is. Corey Haim from License to Drive. Yeah, oh, and I love that movie. Number four, River Phoenix, God rest his soul. Number three, Patrick Dempsey. Ah, Can't Buy Me Love. Can't Buy Me Love. We got a match there. Number two, everybody's favorite from Growing Pains, Kirk Cameron. And her number one across all of these lists, Joey McIntyre. Oh, wow. So he really was a big deal. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Big, big, big deal. All right. Um, Kim's number five was Jason Bateman, who she still loves today because we see him on Ozark and all kinds of shows. But back then, remember, he was on Silver Spoons and Teen Wolf 2. He was on Valerie. I mean, he was a big teen actor in the 80s. And I forget, she had somebody else at five. Oh, it was Corey Haim. Okay. And this is the one change she made to her list. I'd walked away and she texted me back and said, Jason Bateman. So <laughs> she remembered him. I like that she really put like a lot of, like she really I know, it's thought great. about it. Like she I really wanted awesome. to get it right. Number four, she has Michael J. Fox, ah. which is kind of the one that would surprise me. Because I guess I'd just think of it a little older, but he wasn't. I mean, he was he was everywhere. So, And then she did have Danny Wood at number three. Number two is Luke Perry. Nice. We're getting a little older, but still definitely a teenage thing. And then this is her love of the underdog. I love this number one choice. So of the two Corys, she liked Corey Haim, but she actually said Corey Feldman first. She loved Corey really? Feldman. Wow. Yes. Yeah. I did not guess wow. that. <laughs> okay. I'm assuming she liked him starting with the uh, um, Friday the 13th movie. I don't think she's seen that one. <laughs> Probably a good thing because if she saw the end of it with his, <laughs> with his might hair, have changed her mind. That <laughs> you should that pull that it. picture up and go, this is your number one? Or this was your number one? Really? <laughs> All right. You done? 
I'm done. Okay. Um, I will say, I, I do want to preface this a little bit. We don't get into politics generally on this show. Um, and and when you think about the topic, it's who did you like as a teen crush? Are and you the first Kurt Cameron here? Well, the first three answers that she oh, gave just three. rattled right off are going to make the Joe Rogan crowd pretty happy. So I'll say <laughs> I, I will say that we got a lot of crossover uh, between us. And, and, and I, I just looked at her when these were the names she rattled off. I just looked at her. And I said, are you bleeping kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> these are all big time Trump Republicans. Um, so we oh, start off. Scott Baio is going to be on this list, too, right? Ricky Schroeder. Yes. Kirk Cameron and Scott Baio. They are uh, the first names okay. that she wrote off, um, which I mean, hey, when you go back, it makes sense from, yeah. from that age. Those Eat are the good heart names. wants what the heart wants. <laughs> I guess. Hopefully, she is she even to... aware of their current politics? She doesn't she... really follow. Uh, she doesn't follow now. the news like I do. I know, uh, but if you are aware, some people like that would affect them if they cared. So I was just curious yeah, if she even yeah. if she even knew. She doesn't pay as close of attention to the news and all that kind of stuff that's on Twitter and everything that I do. And I don't. She might know listing... about Kurt. Cameron when she's going back to these guys, probably. they don't have these views, most likely, back then. You know, I mean, they're... they're probably. The, but the Kurt Cameron, crushed. he's been in the news for quite some time for all the religious stuff, and he's been sure. he's been in a lot of weird stuff, so that's the yeah. one that, you know... Hmm. Uh, but anyway, we digress. We can forget about those guys for now. Uh, <laughs> now we get into the 90210 phase. She had both Jason Priestley and Luke Perry... Uh, we then did have Patrick Swayze, who is older, but she just loved oh, yeah. dancing so Dirty much. Dancing. Yeah. Um, you yep. got to have that. Uh, and then another Patrick, who's already been mentioned, Dempsey. Um, Brad, you're going to like this one. Mark Paul Gosselar. Ah. I asked Courtney about that one, and she's like, eh. She goes, obviously, I'm more into Screech as she's looking at me. I'm like, oh, thanks. That's nice. I don't think Kim is a big Saved by the Bell fan. I think I'm the Saved by the Bell fan here. She doesn't seem to. I I, I don't even know if she's watched much of it or not. I double checked with her. I said, are you sure you don't want Mario Lopez instead? And she goes, no, definitely Mark Paul Gosselaar on on those ones. I'm like, really? I would have picked Mario Lopez. But that's just me. (laughs) (laughs) That's just me. (laughs) Well, he's all yours, Pete. Yep. (laughs) Um, Speaking of which, Neil Patrick Harris is the next one on the list. Oh, awesome. Um, (laughs) And we rounded out with Joey Lawrence from Boston. Oh, nice. Excellent. Yeah. We're doing a good thing to finish on. He 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 deserves a mention in this episode. He He looks. We came across a current picture of him though, and he looks really weird now. If you go look that up, it's (laughs) it's, like you could do better, Pete. I'm sure I could, but um, no, he's like he he has a music career of some kind, and uh, I don't know. He just like has his head side of his head shaved, long hair, almost like Marilyn Manson style hair. And really? then his face, I don't know, it's just like, but anyway, he was definitely a very good looking fellow back in the, on Blossom, according yes, to Jenny. he was. Well, I, I hope that our wives are happy with how we described this. I, I like you said, Pete, I want to reiterate, it was a lot of fun and I'm really glad that we did this one. It, yes, yeah. this was a fun episode for sure. And I hope our listeners enjoyed it as much as we did. Yeah. But 
Let's not forget that um, uh, New Kids on the Block were a great boy band, but you know who's an even better boy band, Gifford? <laughs> uh, Preacher Row. Preacher Row, that's an right. An actual band? Yeah, they play. They <laughs> yeah. write and play their own music. Yep. Do they do their own dance moves, though? I've, I actually have seen Hummel do that, for sure. <laughs> Which is tough to do behind a trap set. Yeah, he'll do it. If anybody will do it, it's him. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, I hope you enjoy. Don't forget to go buy us a beer, as Gifford referenced at the beginning of the show. Click on the link and, um, and make tell a, a friend. And tell a friend, yes. We're this not running a beer. We want to make a community and expand our, our base. Tell a friend. Yes. Please yes, do. we want to make it a little more grown man for our audience. <laughs> nice. Hey, you know what that does, guys, too? Before we log off? Are we going to close a, a non-yearbook? It closes the yearbook. I don't know yeah. if we ever actually said open the yearbook, but it well, does. It's, it's the the insert of the yearbook. Yeah, it's the insert. It's right. Yep. Or or maybe we're just <laughs> closing the Tiger Beat magazine. Maybe that's what this really was. There yeah. you go. Excellent. All right. Here you go, Preacher Row. Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. Keep top. Yeah.